Oh, yeah. I don't want to say guess who's back. Even mm. when I say I don't want to say it, I say it. So Get back into that yeah. that bag. It's like a never-ending loop. Yeah. Never-ending story. Shout out to Trey. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you nowadays to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's how I go, baby. This is episode 87. 87. We are the Wash Cards. Wash never washed up. I am Draft. I am Sean Luke Picard, man. Yeah. Shout out to Kenan McCardell, man. Jaguar, great. Uh, mm-hmm. Emerson Muhammad, man. Uh, Carolina Panther, great. Oh, um, wow. Big cats. Yeah. Oh, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy because me and my brother, when they both became expansion teams, we chose each team. I chose the Jaguars. We chose the Panthers. Both and, very uh, bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of like that with uh, basketball for a while. Like, I had a friend that chose the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I got to go with Toronto Raptors. I was from upstate New York. And I yeah, was familiar with Toronto. made sense, yeah. And fucking dinosaurs, nigga. Yeah. We're going to rock with what we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what we don't know. <laughs> Did we have that conversation yeah, on the pod? Yeah. Dinosaurs ain't real, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's probably my wash <laughs> moment. Uh, that'll probably be it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, man. Shout out to the uh, <laughs> Jaguars. Uh, Kenny McCarty, I'm assuming Muhammad. I'm uh, assuming he was Muslim, man. So, shout out to him. Me? Uh, yeah, that's a good guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to be safe. Uh, Either that or he did a lot of time, which is an unfortunate comparison to have, but... Yeah. Hey man, welcome to America. I remember he played well into his like late thirties or maybe okay. even forty. So shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Oh. That being said, man, we are back, man. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Feels good. The whatnots. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the who's Yep, yep. Um, it was a good week. How was your week? Um, it was good. If I had to compare it to other weeks where I went to work every day of that bitch, um, I took off the last two days, uh, contemplating taking off indefinitely. I had to show up at least a couple more times, get some bread up so I, I can make the necessary moves I need to make in the next few months, man. Uh, I'm going to make some shape. We got some changes uh, coming to the pod soon. Um, all good things. Uh, i just been trying to stay focused on the things that reflect everything going on outside of my nine to five. Um, legitimizing the wash God shit. Um, I had to talk with James at the... Uh, the art show we mentioned last week. And, uh, I mean, I'm in a good place creatively with all the people that I need to work with. Um, and so I'm just trying to accomplish things that I know once I leave this job, I'll have more time for. Um, again, speaking about kind of playing into my own OCD, like trying to figure out the best way to get things done in an effective manner. And a lot of it just means having things, the ball kind of already rolling on certain shit. So that way once my schedule frees up. I can be like, oh, all right, well, this is what I'm going to devote my attention to here. And when that runs out, I can, my, either my energy or my attention span, I can devote my energy to something else. Um, but, yeah, the past two days uh, have been cool. Spent a lot of it, like, kicking it with my, um, my little one. Uh, Shout out to her. Yeah, we, she's been impressing me. Uh, she had a really good day in jujitsu, man. You know what I'm saying? Future she's, killer of America on the way. She's She's sharp. Yeah, she on the she on the P's and Q's working on the fifty two for all y'all old school niggas. Eyes and E's. Yep. Fives on the side of me. (laughs) (laughs) She dotting them T's and crossing them I's, you know. (laughs) Um she also has been uh I'm having a conversation with one of the parents at uh at Jujitsu and um he's asking me, because it's for me it's uh 
it's interesting to see as many black parents in there. Um, I remember talking to Marcus and he was like, he was like, Austin doing jujitsu. He was like, my cousin just started doing that. What's up with niggas doing this shit? I'm like, Hey man, I don't know. It must've been some like hundredth monkey, uh, theory type shit. But like everybody, I think is kind of just tapped into getting their kids into some sort of physical, like, uh, I think especially when you're a dad with girls, you kind of are concerned with, uh, them protecting themselves. Yep. 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 And you want to get the easiest line of defense when it comes down to last stitch efforts. That was one of the things I looked up. Uh, a lot of women's self-defense courses, uh, based their structure around uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, stuff that you can do when, when you lying down. <laughs> and uh, Do you think you would be afraid of a of a woman karate lady if you, you were a mugger? Um, if you work for, like, the Joker? No. <laughs> uh, but that's me, though. Like, I do know like, – I, I think I think there are some people out there who have absolutely no fighting skills whatsoever. And I Even think that, when trained? Yeah, okay. I think that's uh that's one of those things. It's like yo, you can learn how to play basketball, but it's ballers, yeah, and yeah. then it's, it's hoopers, it. nigga. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's niggas who know how to play basketball, a basketball, and then it's hoopers, nigga. Like he just a hooper. You think it has more to do with like handling stress situations than the fighting aspect of it? Um, that and a desire to not. Like, I think a woman is probably going to have a better chance against some men who have no skill whatsoever just because they have a genuine fear of being assaulted and they're going to do anything in order to get out of that situation. So they're already kind of backed into a corner. With guys, it's kind of like, oh, I'm just going to try to learn how to do some cool shit that I've seen on UFC. And I think they're, like, in between that range is everybody else in there who's kind of like, like, no, 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 I really want to know how to hurt somebody yeah. if, if the situation comes about. Um, so I always think about that because like, there are some people out there who just like they want to hurt people. Like they ain't got a fear. It's, it doesn't have anything to do with fear. It doesn't have anything to do with trying a new skill. Like this is just an evolution of them trying to figure out like different ways I can hurt people, and not even in a negative way. Like I mean, just in case I need to be in a situation where I really gotta hurt you. Shout um, out to uh, my aunt. She's a black belt, and I used to always go back and forth, and forth for her. Like, that shit I know which aunt, bro. I already know which aunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, shout out, shout out, Courtney, man. <laughs> That's his mom's man, but <laughs> Courtney, mom, cool as shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I used to always fuck with her. Like, yeah, that shit's not gonna work in real life, man. And like, yeah. she would always try that shit on me, and we'd be like, in that yeah. motherfucker tussling and yep. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting beat up by Courtney, mom. <laughs> And I got a little win. <laughs> but I used to always think, yo, that shit's not going to work. Otherwise, a fan of you going to yeah. be fucked up. It's a chick in there. Um, <coughs> I think she really does, like, schedule fights. But, I, like, I know guys in that class, it's a dude she bringing with her. I think it's her boyfriend. She be kicking this boy ass. Kicking his ass. And she'll show up to class with stitches, you know what I'm saying, black eyes, stuff like that. So she really mixing it up. Oh, shit. Uh, her name is Crow. Shout out, Crow. Mm. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, uh... The week's been cool. I've been uh trying to, I'm talking to one of the other parents in there and I'm saying like the goal with this is if she don't like it, like she don't have to do it. Like if there's ever a point where she's like, no, hard no, I'm not doing this, we won't do it no more. But as I take her to different things and expose her to different environments, the goal is to figure out like what she's actually gonna latch on to and then how to develop the discipline in order to stick to it to see where it goes. Um so in in that that being said, I started uh, trying to get her to do more artistic endeavors because I really feel like she's going to be more artistically inclined than anything else. So uh, I had her doing flash tattoos over the weekend. Like she would just get, I would get a printout of all these uh, 
different line tattoo drawings, and I would just make her trace them. Mm. And she was tracing everything that she could find, and I'm looking at it like, man, given the space and opportunity, all of this shit is feasible. Like she could do all of these things. It's just whatever she latches on to is always interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. But I'm, giving people them, them as many options as possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think those are the things exposing that exposing kids to as much things. One of the things, one of the big uh, misconceptions about trying to be a provider as a parent. Is uh like my dad has had conversations with me in my adult life. Like I don't really think I was there that much. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, we you lived in the same household. You worked. Like, like, what do you mean you weren't there? And he was like, well, you mean you did certain things that I just I never saw you play basketball. Like I I've only yeah. been to one or two uh, like games where you performed with the band or even performances where you were doing jazz band and things like that. And I'm thinking to myself, like for me, it was almost like I understood, especially once I got to a certain age and I saw how many parents didn't get those opportunities with their kids or the type of parents who did and just, and, and that was just their sole focus. Like I felt like I, I walked really like kind of the middle of the road as far as children who had activities and both parents there just because my mom being a Jehovah's witness, she was only going for so much. And then my dad being at work, he couldn't necessarily reinforce any of the activities I was doing. Yeah. But like having my own child now, like I see how important that reinforcement is just because like kids ain't necessarily going to do anything that they don't necessarily have guidance in unless they're a very, very self-aware, however you're old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Up until I think you're teens, I don't think you really make decisions that are based on a hundred percent your own judgment. I think there's always some sort of guidance, whether it be from a parental figure or somebody else. Like you think about those kids that are always pushed into sports by their parents who yeah. played a sport and never got the opportunity to do that. And neither one of Austin's parents are like that, but I do feel like there is a fine line between like pushing them into something and seeing if they take to it like a duck to water or trying to force them to do something that may not necessarily be their bag. So like I said, I'm just trying to diversify the activities. Like she really does strike me as somebody who's going to be very, very um, creative. And I think uh, the idea of trying to expose her to a bunch of shit, or, I mean, all the kids, that I interact with, whether it be, you know what I mean, my people's kids or like like the opportunities we have to do play dates. Like I don't want to do the conventional thing. Like it just had me really in my head about like the things I do in order to develop her as an individual. Yeah. I mean, Neil Brennan says this a lot and I don't think it's necessarily true, but it is true in a certain sense. I mean, I always say that a million times that uh me going to a multicultural school is like probably the best shit that happened to me because it made me be exposed to so many people's cultures, like, by force almost. Because it's like, you know, as a kid, like you said, you're not necessarily self-aware enough to be like, all right, I'm going to do this. Let me try this new thing. But it's like, if you're around, you know, you got a best friend that's Asian or Indian or fucking African or some shit. Yeah, you can like, never say you never seen it. Yeah, because you and that does do once you sleepovers get, and be exposed to food. Once you get culture. in other places, that, that speaks volumes of the type of person you are. Like, yeah. it adds character. It makes you seem traveled before you may have ever actually gone anywhere. Yeah, even just being tolerant of, of other people's culture, it just makes you a lot more tolerant because when you're around it at a young age, it's like, oh, I mean, yeah, people do different shit, so fucking what? You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I did do think that's a... It's a big thing, man. So that's dope, man. Uh, my week. Uh, fuck my job. Uh, my week has been <laughs> shitty, kind of. I mean, I you know, it's it's been alright. Uh, yeah, work has been work. Uh, I've been sick, as y'all can hear the cold in my voice or the coughs on the pot. Um, 
Um, I've been having like Get I tried to bread. call out. Um, I tried to because I called out, but I called my my, my uh, employer and uh, told him I was sick. Man, I just come in anyway. Like mind you, I work for the public. Well, with the public, you know, I work retail, so I'm around people constantly, and I'm just in work coughing on shit. End up going home early, and um, yeah, I've been home ever since. So, like you, man, it's kind of like it's at the end of the road with this gig. Um, yeah, other than that, um, I guess you know, some, got some shit on the horizon. Yeah. I don't want to say too much about, but uh, yeah, we'll talk, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll talk about it. I guess <laughs> point, whether you man. like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I do some sort of wrap up with it, but uh, yeah, man, we'll talk about that next pod probably somewhere, somewhere in that area. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, other than that, yeah, just wrapping up for New Year, new moves. You know, uh, last year. Got a chance to take a vacation to London during Christmas, so I'm trying Happy to anniversary. Uh, yeah, do a little back to back this year. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully we get to step out. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, getting to the countries, uh, these United States, the United Kingdom, shout out us, Australia, shout out them, Canada, shout out the Aussies, the Philippines. Germany, the mm-hmm. United Arab Emirates. Shout out Rude, man. I don't know if you know about Rude clothing. Apparently, uh, nope. He's a Filipino. He's a Filipino descent. <laughs> I just watched the whole uh, documentary or short YouTube documentary on that. Yeah, continue. Oh yeah, Germany, um, United Arab Emirates. Shout out to UAE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you soon. Uh, Iceland, <laughs> Brazil. <laughs> the one black podcast, Iceland. <laughs> Russia. Ireland, India, Singapore, France, mm-hmm. Norway, New Zealand, Finland, um, the Netherlands, Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, Romania, oh. Spain, Estonia, Ecuador, Denmark, Sweden, Slovakia, Ain't Belgium, you. Italy, Qatar, Turkey, Hong Kong, Japan, mm. Mexico, South Korea, Saudi Arabia, and Israel. So yeah, man. Shout out to all those folks. Oh, is that it? Bahrain. Oh yeah, Bahrain. Uh, did I cut you? I'm sorry. My screen was minimized. Bahrain. Uh, last but not least, Bahrain. Mm-hmm. So. Ba 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 Bahrain. <laughs> uh, wash moments. Mm-hmm. Uh. <clears throat> um. Damn. I had a wash moment and I forgot it. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. I was I was talking to Chop yesterday. Shout out to Chop. Um. Shout Chop. We spoke to him yesterday too, actually. For a lengthy, a lengthy conversation about a myriad of topics. But uh, yeah, just talking about the whole entertainment shit. I just talked about music and shit. And um, I first started making music. It was. I just thought about how my my view of music has or just the entertainment industry in general has like uh, changed over the years since I started and now. As I said before, we always talk about like how um, rappers sort of like nigger and shit. In a lot Mm -hmm. of ways it feels like almost disrespectful to be called a rapper because for me, as I like matured into music, it's like I started to see rappers in a lifestyle that a rapper leads, you know what I mean? It's like, ugh. It couldn't be that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not not that I wouldn't create the music, but it's like, ah, uh, that tag. It's like, I see why people like 
the Kanye's and you know the, the super artistic guys are always in that bag. Like, yeah, don't call, just call me an artist, man. Don't mm-hmm. Call me a fucking rapper. Like, you feel even, like that's kind of a a sculpted perception by the industry itself, or do you feel like that's just something that comes along with being in the public eye? Like, the public eye kind of made rapper a dirty word, or do you feel like like conspiracy hats mm-hmm. on? Like, do you feel like this is something that? I mean, the same thing could be said about NBA play. I mean, I mean, because that's tricky. Because all the things that I could uh, give, they kind of compare across the board with anybody of African American descent. There you go. (laughs) No, I'm like, I don't know, like the chicken or the egg type shit. It's like I don't, I don't know, but I know when all the black entertainment fields. It's like, I mean, ball players not as as bad, maybe, Mm -hmm. but it's not nothing where you hear and it's like, oh, let's see what that guy has to say. (laughs) Necessarily, <laughs> you know what I mean. You, necessarily, yeah. you don't necessarily like are intrigued about his Where's intelligence. Where's John at a time like this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, man. So it's interesting to just see how my shit's evolved, man. Because I'm at the point now. It's like, yeah, I'm almost disgusted with the thought of like being a rapper. Not necessarily. I don't like music, but it's like, yeah, mm. I want to. I don't want to come in the. I don't even like the idea of coming. In, I feel like being a rapper is like being the Kool Aid man. Like you bust through the doors, like hey, boy. It was a moment uh, where I had that that type of experience. Shout out Logan. We were sitting over here the day after, uh, with the day of Thanksgiving, and um, he saw the setup for the pod, and I guess he was assuming we, this was like he was like y'all record songs in here. I was like, nah, this is just for the podcast. And he was like, man, you should just freestyle right now. Mm, that's what I mean. <laughs> I'm just looking at him like, like no. <laughs> no why, why would I do that? He's yeah. like, man, I think I just think it'd be fun. And he's like, yeah, Yo, you should just like, like fun for who though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I was like 15. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't expect him no to understand. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't, don't expect him to understand the dynamic. But it's almost like, like if you walked up to Tony Hawk and be like, yo, you should just kick flip right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> like and he's in a suit. Flip. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with my family, bro. <laughs> So what? Just do it. I think it'd yeah, be cool. Yeah, yeah. Come it's on, bro. Like, bro what? I'm not even. I got yeah. Tony Hawk sk- Pro Skater one through four. Yeah. You gonna tell me no? Exactly. <laughs> On yeah. multiple systems. Yeah. Now I think about that dynamic when it comes down to like being an adult. And like embarking on something that's as free form as music, and then still having these little rules socially where people walk up to you and say wild shit. Not and not because that's not wild, but like when you go into a studio session and they tell you some shit like, "Oh yeah, so and so is coming in, so y'all gotta leave." Mm -hmm. You just like it's like that hierarchy part of the shit. I never enjoyed. It's like fight, like that whole idea of. I mean, this thing exists for the podcast, too, but, you know, it's not as deliberate. But the whole idea of fighting to, like, when they say rappers are fighting to the top, it's like, why? Mm. What the fuck do I need to fight to the top? Why can't I just make some shit and it'd be good? Like, and hopefully somebody me, somebody thinks like me, yeah, yeah, you know? thinks like me, latches onto it and is able to find something in it. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I do agree with you. Like, there is a certain, especially with age, all that shit look funny in a light. Like, I don't know what... But being a creative up until you get to a point where you break and people start seeing you make money from whatever it is you create, it's always going to look ridiculous. Like It's always it's not even about the money thing to me. It's about the prison thing to me. Because I look at artists and it's like, okay, you get famous. And then like you just, you're trapped in being the Kool-Aid man 24-7. Or you disappear and go off the map. Like I mean, then how do time. you maintain your money? Oh, 
<laughs> you, you can be yeah there's like five artists that get to do that like yeah Sade yeah Andre 3000 and shit yeah. the rest of these motherfuckers are working every day they're out Shucking signing job, yeah yep. that's the 24-7 job you know yeah cause there's been times where I've seen like even some of your favorite rappers like I mean people's favorite rappers I don't want to say yours specifically but yeah. like like J. Cole don't always look happy when he's out there dealing with the fans. He yeah. just look like he's putting on. I mean, like, this is a top face. guy though. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So we you know, that's the best case scenario. There's like there's there's one J. Cole in the rap game, you know what I'm mm. saying? Or the people in that tiers, like three or Gucci four. Gucci man don't look happy when he's <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that, like, you can't be happy in that shit. I'm saying you have to have a particular personality right. to enjoy it. Like, I, I noticed that rappers are mostly, like, very flamboyant type niggas. Mm -hmm. And I never felt yeah. like I was that type of dude. Like when people, even, with, even with the making of music, like, when we drop yeah. out, just a real awkward feeling because it's like, all right, now I got to sell this shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I'm not selling you no shit. I mean, I made it because I thought it was good. All right. But, you know, I feel like people should hear good music. Yeah, I'm having a conversation. I think my watch moment is uh probably just I don't know. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you short. No, no, me good. I mean, that's pretty much it. Just maturing in, in the entertainment field, like trying to figure out what what the balance is of like, and then you get to a point. And it's like start to see artists, and it's like even the top people. It's like the Kanye's, whoever. It's like, did this nigga ever live a life? Yeah, his life is completely tied into music. He never really got to discover who he was outside of the shit. Yeah. To me, that's it's got to be just as important as like finding success with your dreams and all that other bullshit that America sells you. Yeah, this is actual factual. But um, this is my dark moment. Start calling <laughs> them dark moments. Fuck what? <laughs> <laughs> Darks only. <laughs> Worst moments, bro. <laughs> Darks. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what I got. Uh, my worst moment is just uh, it's kind of along those lines, um. I just think about how long I've been doing this shit. Like, like there are arcs of that too, man. Of time where, like, I only know people from doing certain things. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's certain people who know me from life sneaker completely scene. tied into you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I I know you talked about like the idea of like why travel was so pivotal for you and your perspective is because you like to go places where. There's no certain there's no expectation like of who you are, what you're supposed to do. Nope. Like people ask you like what are you into as exposed to as opposed to what you do. Or like you don't feel like you're being um interviewed for a possible networking opportunity later on down the road. Like people if they speak to you in a certain place, they're genuinely interested in who you are and what you what you what you've seen or what you do. Um but uh, I'm talking to Stealth, and uh, he was talking about his idea of what freedom is, like the idea of being able to create freely on your own time and then see the results from said creation. And uh, we were talking about a time period where, you know, I mean, you remember, but, you know what I mean, we were talking about financially, like supporting yourself with with just the art itself, like being able to say, you know what, fuck my nine to five, let's go out here and do this, that, and the third. And part of me felt like, even talking to him, going through the things I'm going through now, like it was a point in time where he reminded me, he was like, yo, you was encouraging me not to quit my job, but told me, you at least told me you understood why I, I, I would want to, or I would be, or or why I do it. Yeah, and. Like, he's since then gotten another job, but I know creatively he's in a different space now just because of 
the time he spent to fully dive into his craft and create the way he did. And uh, being being a person, the type of person I am, I honestly look back and I'm saying, man, that shit was probably more valuable than I thought at the time just because, you know, as a nigga with a kid now, like, I didn't have a child, like, and, I, and I'm looking at it from the standpoint of, like, man, shit, I can never do that. Like, I got too much hanging in the balance. Yeah. But, like, he's he's doesn't have a child either. Like, he well, he doesn't have a child now. And the idea of putting your all into your craft is still one of those things that, that you know what I mean, hangs heavy over a lot of our heads. And uh, I don't know. It's almost like a fear of flying to a certain extent. Uh, I, I look back at a lot of these things and I say, man, we really should have doubled down. Even with the podcast, like like the opportunity that we spent, like I'm talking to him about it and he's saying like, yo, I don't know, you seem pretty like, like proactive when it comes down to your creative endeavors. Like even without the music shit. Like All that shit is very subjective too. Very subjective. You know, I've met people what I look at like, man, this guy's really doing it. And I talk to them like, man, I got to do this, this and this. Man, I've been, that, I've been bullshitting. I'm like, that's exactly what I've been saying. Yeah. Like, he's like, like yo, damn, that's what it looks like for you, bullshit. He's, like, he's like, yo, y'all like, looks different. Y'all like a, y'all like a hundred episodes in. I'm like, yo, 87. But even then, like, this is one of those evolving endeavors that always changes depending on the scenario. And he was like, nigga, 87 sound like consistency to me. And for me, it's like, man, yes, but what it could have been is blah blah blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and and I'm I'm just realizing like. Even when it looks like something, it is never really what it is when you look at it up close. Like, yeah, like uh, what's uh, what's that shit uh, on the Kanye album? All that glitters is not gold. Like yeah, in the Elzar line, man. Uh, rap games uh, so ugly. Why I look beautiful from afar? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I always thought about that line. Closer I got to rap, it's like yeah, that's exactly what it is. It looks so beautiful from afar, but it's like man, up close. Yeah, <laughs> like the music is always beautiful to me. That's why I never stop enjoying music. But it's like, yeah, like I look like trying to be cool with a nigga to get to a place. It's like it's it's so counter. Yeah, the idea of picture taking and yeah. all that shit, man, it feels so funny, funny, man, funny, funny. It's like to spend your whole life doing that shit. It's like so draining, bro. And that's why the podcast has been kind of a, 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 a outlet where I feel so much more exactly because you know I, I mean? can I can drop these bars without having to make them rhyme or, or put them in a certain time signature or anything like that. They ain't even got to drop. They drop more consistently than music, but don't necessarily have to. And all of that kind of like gives you the release. And I think that's another part of like for me, this process is like. Like I don't want to be a one trick pony. Like I'm trying to diversify like as many experiences and creative outlets as I have, even if they don't make sense to anybody else. Like yeah, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is one of those things. Like yeah. like I'm picking up drawing again. Like I'm trying to go back into all the things that'll probably make me look like I'm having like a crisis when it comes down to my identity as yeah. an artist. But it doesn't matter to me because all of this shit is fleeting. Like I see people out there pick up new acts and, and new talents every day. And now I'm looking at myself like, bro, like I haven't made money at to the extent I would like to with any of the things I've done. But for the most part, all I have is my reputation that stands on these things. And I don't necessarily know if I'm any of those things at this point. I'm just a nigga who go to work, hate his job, come <laughs> home, try to take care of his family. You know what I mean? Create some shit in the meantime. Yeah, create some shit in the meantime. And like... If you fuck with it, you fuck with it. But I mean, 
I don't know, like you said, all of this shit is subjective when you get up close to it. But yeah, that's probably my wash moment. Like, I, I guess you'd call it an identity, an identity crisis of sorts. Yeah, yeah, and I, I that's the thing. That's how I feel. It's like, yo, you know what? I want to get rid of monikers for a second. You know what I mean? Let's, let's, let's shut that for a second. Let's let's get back to life. Um, on that note, let's we can talk about uh, Travis Scott shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so Travis, Travis Scott recently did an interview. Yeah, shout out Travis Scott. My bad, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you got it. Go ahead. Uh, Travis Scott recently sat down with Charlemagne the God um, to talk about absolutely nothing, to be honest with you. Like, they didn't really give too much information that we didn't already know. Um, but they talked about what Travis Scott has pretty much been on. I feel like this was a a PR uh, ploy for him. Nightmare. To, yeah. I mean, Honestly, but it was a PR ploy for him to kind of get in front of this whole situation. And as a <laughs> and as time progressed, I feel like it ended up being more and more of a like a question of why we're here. Um, he asked him about the particulars of his performance and what he realized was going on, and what he what he or what the lack thereof, and uh. Also, what he kind of goes through on stage uh, in order to be able to identify problems or, like, if he's able to identify problems that he sees going on in the crowd. Um, he did ask some pretty direct questions when it came down to the type of energy he brings to these shows. And I felt like Travis kind of backpedaled, like, drastically. Like, you can't you can't talk about a mosh pit and say it's about love. Like, that's I understand what you're saying. But you black, bro. Like yeah. we know, we know this is a different type of energy that, like, our the people who are fans of this music are not necessarily used to, or fans of rap music aren't necessarily used to. Which is innovative as fuck if you really want to be honest about it. But at the same time, I saw a lot of backlash from people who are legitimate fans of punk rock music or hardcore heavy metal, and they're talking about like, like this fake poser culture is effect- is affecting, like certain music groups negatively as far as the perception is concerned. And I think the difference is Travis Scott is in a position where he's on a pedestal and he's easy to pick off. Like all these other artists that are either like that would be subject to ridicule for having these same type of events happen at their shows are either so minuscule that it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't be a news story or they're so far gone that it doesn't even matter. And Travis Scott being the type of artist he is at this time, him being so polarizing, it's just easy to pick off. And also because he's backed by so many corporations. You know, yep. like the Marilyn Mansons isn't going to have like a Marilyn Manson meal at McDonald's or shit like that. Yeah, it's easy to Nike's pick off joints. all these little incidents where like he could have done something directly. He could have done this. He could have done that. Because at the end of the day, I do feel like everything that he said was legitimate. He's just not necessarily an eloquent speaker. Like... It was a yeah. uh, it was a lot of you know what I means and like like you know and then as an artist he said as an artist so many times it needs to be a, a video with a counter like <laughs> in the bottom of the screen. Uh, yeah, I, I I always uh, we talked about it prior pod, but I always felt like Travis one of his weaker aspects of his career is just public speaking. He just never been that well at like taking like especially like the loaded questions because I remember. Mm-hmm. I think I talked about this before in the podcast when he did the interview, like around the time I believe it was Michael Brown got shot, and um, kind of said something to the effect like, 
kind of insinuated that it was his fault. And it was like a big backlash, sort of like the ASAP Rocky thing mm-hmm. happened. <laughs> all, these, all your favorite rappers are all live matter? Yeah, he kind of, you know, he's like, I love everybody type thing. He didn't really take no racial side. And, not you know, not to say that everything should be a race war, but... You know, it was it was in poor taste. You on Hot Nine Seven? You got a side to pick, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> very poor taste given the time and the setting. Yeah, like you said. So like, why? Yeah, you nigga, you on Hot Nine Seven, boy? <laughs> you, you, you better about? play this game, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid little boy. Yeah, I mean, I, and since then, I never saw him do any interviews after that. So because I, I think his PR team kind of reeled him in, which is like kind of shocked me that he did this one because I, I thought his team kind of knows. Where his faults are, like it was, it, it was far from as terrible as it could have been. Like, I think that's because of editing and Charlemagne. Yeah, I think I think Charlemagne showed him a, a lot of grace. Yeah, it's the reason why they had Charlemagne do it, or he chose Charlemagne to do it, or somebody from our culture to do it because he didn't want to be attacked. You know, and it felt like a tactic to, you know, try to protect himself from whatever. If you said lawsuits if you, are coming up, if he got the R. Kelly treatment, like with Gail, like that shit might have been went different. Yeah. Especially somebody who may and, and 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 to their credit, Charlemagne is of the culture, so he's gonna be able to talk about it from an educated perspective. All the other news stories that I've heard about this have been in the hands of people who don't necessarily understand not only like Travis Scott's music, which is sort of a genre of rap, but rap in itself. Like so for Charlemagne to talk to him at all was already giving him a lot of credit just because he was going to be able to talk to him in a way where the questions were kind of going to be layups, even if he came at him directly. Like, I know he did ask him about, like, lines in his music, like, it ain't a mosh pit and unless it's injuries and shit like that, and uh, him encouraging people to actually rush the barriers and shit like that. But I think that uh, part of it is just about the type of person you are before the tragedy happens. That's the biggest thing I thought about listening to it. Cause I was like, man, like I hear this and I understand what you're saying, but I'm a Travis Scott fan and listening to his music and seeing the type of things that happen at his shows and seeing the type of content that comes out related to the promotion of his shows. Anybody on the outside looking in is saying this is kind of condemning. And, uh, I understand from, uh, like a public backlash perspective that, yeah, you can, you can't necessarily attach all this to the artist because there's a bunch of people in that, in that audience that were directly involved with these people being killed. But at the same time, like you said, he's got so many companies backing him. Like there are so many people that, that put him up on the pedestal he's on now. And and for him to kind of come be the only person that comes down, it just seems like, kind of a railroad like they're trying to railroad this nigga yeah and and i don't know how to save him like i don't know i don't know what anybody would do to save him just because i said i I rewatched some of the interviews that uh his manager did about takes about him as an artist about the accusations of him stealing music like like it's debatable him kicking people off his stage the photographers off his stage him telling encouraging fans to jump all this wild shit this, this publicly documented. He's Someone been, say the chickens have come home to roost. Yeah, like, regardless of this is your fault or not, like, you encourage a type of culture that that just is wild to begin with. Yeah, and all this shit is in line with you as a you know a person. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't even think it's so much about the music. I just think, you know, the energy he might carry with him is not necessarily positive. Um, 
like you said, because it's been well documented, you know, there's multiple stories about bad interactions with Travis Scott, whether it be me personally or in public uh, fucking articles and whatever. But yeah, mm. man, shout out to Travis, man. You're about to lose all your goddamn money, man. But uh, wish <laughs> lay you the low, best, bro. Dog. Yeah, yeah, I just seen this thing got taken off of the Coachella stage. Shout out Nate, dog. Lay low, dog. They uh, RIP. They took away uh, Cacti, yeah, Cola, whatever I mean, that shit is. Nike is chilling, but yeah. I mean, that's next. We ain't Checks really over hit stripes. Yeah, <laughs> we we got to see about because I mean, who's gonna insure insure a Travis Scott show after that? After this. <laughs> Especially not no festivals. That's over with. He's gonna have to change the whole idea of what his show is. Like, I had to get a, a truck. Mm. <laughs> I'm out the back of that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stop Sh- that delight. <laughs> Made a <it> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't go to L.A., man. Yeah. Um, apparently, R.I.P. Slim Four Hundred. Yeah, apparently the LAPD issued a statement like urging uh, travelers not to visit LA right now. Apparently they're comparing it to a purge mm-hmm. in the city. Um, I don't think it's just LA. Like I saw them robbing a Louis Vuitton store in San, uh, San Fran. Um, it's been a Cali, bunch. Cali in general. Yeah, say. Cali in general seems like like a hotbed of crime. And I don't even mean, I'm not even pigeonholing Cali in general. I think like since... We are in wild times, I think, as a nation. Yeah, like probably I mean, is being every, understated a bit because Atlanta's a, a, a kind of wild right now. It's fucking wild, like, like one of the things that uh, I heard. Shout out, uh, Black on Purpose. I'm talking about on Black on Purpose was the idea that that the transition that Buckhead has gone through, like, yeah, how quickly it became like a hotbed of criminal activity. And I don't even go to Buckhead no more. Like, I see the people that get off at that station when I'm on the train. I'm like, eh. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, Remember like, when it? Whenever it was the time period we was out there, like it would be nice. I remember when that you was lived like the there, spot. Yeah. and you lived there, when both of us kind of worked in the Midtown Buckhead area, and we would be out there regularly, Man. midnight, three in the morning, like empty, bro, empty. Yeah. And and I I remember like there was a time period when I would during the summertime I would just ride my bike to work and through the city downtown, but. Like I knew that I was guaranteed to see action given the time period, but yeah. that, but after a certain train stop, like after after uh, Peachtree Center, yeah. after Peachtree Center, Once you got up out of that shit. Yeah, you were straight. Yeah. Like you, you, it was clear sailing, regardless of what time of the night it was. You was running into Emory students, uh, fucking. For me, it was more Georgia Midtown, State because North 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 Avenue could be a little sketchy, but. Man, North Ave is probably the last stop. Niggas are getting like Techwood and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Techwood is probably like the last to rock. Like what's funny is once you get to like Midtown, you you Gucci, bro. I used to tell I used to tell a lot of kids who would move, like who I would meet in the boutique. It was like, yeah, I I go to Georgia Tech and like yada yada yada. They tell me like where it was coming from because everybody was looking for it. It was like, yeah, I didn't know this was right here. I'm right down the street. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> be safe, bro. Yeah. Stop playing three car money with these niggas. Yeah, Don't buy weed on Broad Street. Mm-mm. Go directly home. <laughs> that was like the honey pot. Like I was the only place I would see on the news. Student getting robbed. Yeah, Techwood. Yeah. You 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 over there past the uh, what is that? The Mission, and uh, now where the uh, College Football Hall of Fame is. Like, that shit was no man's land at one point in time. Like it was one of those infamous hoods, Techwood, uh, East Lake. Meadows, all them areas, like that's my phone. Uh, all them areas, you was really kind of like keeping your head on a swivel if you was, if you knew, like I knew, but a lot of people don't. 
Like a lot of people don't necessarily take the time to pay attention to their surroundings. And I think that's part of like the problem with the crime right now because everybody's been locked down for so long. You trying to go anywhere and do everything. And I think you 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 think it's like it was. Like a lot of people who who have been locked down ain't had a check come in. Like they ain't had the opportunity to work from home. Like the world being shut down affected that how their money moved. So now that the world is open back up, especially it being Christmas time, niggas is trying to eat. Like yeah, nobody playing time, games with you. Christmas time is is a very scary time. It's it's, it's robbing season right now, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, everybody. Everybody looking for something, man. Like, you know, my job, we get uh, UPS, when I, uh, FedEx packages and seeing how many of the motherfuckers stacked up because everybody's so scared to get them shits delivered at home because they don't want to just have their package sitting out there because you know, that's a big thing during the holidays. Honestly, I wouldn't even ship nothing during Christmas time. That'd be, I'd have to buy the gifts in person, but maybe that's just as tricky because then you got people watching you cop shit. Yeah, you got <laughs> to figure some shit out, nigga. Yeah, 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 we got to get that shit home. <laughs> we got to do a black Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> like you do Black Friday. Let me Amazon that bitch. They really the pull day, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah Amazon yeah, to get you the same you, day to shit. You know, if you saying? got if you got the right codes with Amazon, if you got Amazon Plus or Prime or whatever that shit is, they'll drop that shit off in your garage. I know mm. they drop it off in my garage if I need. Oh, that's lit. shit with Amazon. Mm. Like it'll give them the code. They can mm. open up your shit, drop that shit right off, and then mm. back and be right back out, back right out. Back. Like it's no back doors. Mm. Like Porsche. <laughs> but yeah, man. I just think America's really crazy right now. All the major cities is going crazy because nobody's working. Um, speaking of nobody working, it's a national labor shortage. It's been going on for pretty much since the world has opened back up. They've been calling it the great uh, resignation because so many people have quit their jobs. Just, you know, a lot of it was due to money people made without working just because they got benefits, uh, unemployment benefits through. The federal government. Mm. Uh, My bad. And, uh, I was trying to check a story. Yeah, yeah. but they got employment, uh, federal benefits to the, they got um, unemployment benefits to the federal government. So it was more than a lot of people were making working. Yeah. So, um, so now there's time to go back to work. It's like why, and you know that's affected uh public transportation in Atlanta. Martyr, shout out to them. It's affecting all your food restaurants. Like most you know, fast food places fast food, always got. They be slammed all the time. I saw. Even I Starbucks saw. has been crazy. I see Starbucks in the morning. I see those like, it'd be like two people in there just sweating and shit. I'm like, man, I feel so bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw, I had to put some oil in my car on the way here. That's why I was running so late. But I saw a sign outside of the Burger King. I stopped at in order to put oil in my, in my shit. And it said, uh, it said, it feels good to be a king. Now hiring. And I'm like, nigga, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> nigga, who who came up with this ad campaign? Yeah, if you trying to encourage motherfuckers to come back to work, bro. We like, was kings. Yeah, we was kings, nigga. <laughs> Flame boil these burgers. <laughs> 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 Drop them fries, king. <laughs> yeah, you can't turn a corner without seeing a now hiring sign. Yeah, man. Anywhere. Especially well, when they're in, the, in the retail industry, like public things that work with the public. Nobody wants to work with the public right now. Yeah, I mean. fuck the public. I mean, I get it, man. It's, it was already shitty to begin with. Then you throw like a, you know, you throw COVID in there. Who the fuck wants to deal with that every day? Or having that fear of somebody sneezing on you and be your last breath or whatever the fuck. Yeah, it's a national shortage of, uh, like, my dad has been talking to me about getting my CDL. And, oh, yeah. All I, shipping things. Yeah, everything shipping. shipping. But working in freight, what I've realized is a lot of that shit is ran by... Uh, 
like almost unionized contracts. And they don't want shit to go because it's not going to give them the type of revenue that they feel like they need in order to move it. They're not going to do it. Like, like my company charges top dollar in order to get like stuff from A to B. So the only people really fucking with my company are people who really just like, I don't give a fuck how much it costs, nigga. We got to get that shit, shit on the shelf. Like, send yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah. But our company's slow right now and it's the holiday season. You know what I mean? So when I think about that and how, how many people have had opportunities to do other things, like I can only imagine how many people it's like, nigga, fuck going back to work. Like I'll never do this shit again. Yeah. Like, you get a taste of that for a year, a full year, like some people got. Like that's Nigga, Bitcoin bunking, nigga. Yeah. Another stimulus check, I'm rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Bitcoiners, I'm man. I'm selling NFTs till I die, nigga. Yeah, none of that shit makes sense to me, man. I try to, like, study that shit. I'm just like, I don't know. Nah, all of it's a like gamble, bullshit. bro. Yeah. yeah, I just, I bought some Bitcoin recently. Um, I've been trying to buy a little bit every check, and uh, I realized one day, I was like, nigga, how the fuck am I ever going to get this shit off? Hey. That's like, why I always ask niggas. I'm like, so what if you actually spent the money you made from Bitcoin? But I think that I think uh, one of the sites I have, this ain't no app. One of the sites I have or apps I have, Coinbase, will allow you to pay your bills in Bitcoin if it's accessible with the company. And most companies like, um, like your cell phone bill, like any yeah. any multimedia yeah. shit you got, like you can put all your subscriptions on there and it'll pay it in Bitcoin. But I don't have enough in order to do that shit yet. So once too many black people get rich off something, I start to look at it like, hmm. <laughs> 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 I know America, man. Shit only works one way, dog. Hey. That's the only thing I keep trying to preach to niggas. Do you think they're gonna keep letting niggas get rich easily? Yeah. Like, come on, man. I mean, I think that's why when one of the reasons I it's a, it's a hammer coming down. Dog. You see, did you see uh one of them early Nipsey Hustle videos? He was in Amsterdam talking to uh I want to say I can't remember. It was it was some crypto uh, currency company that was trying to promote by getting people to invest in early, um, and uh, he was over there overseas investing in Bitcoin. Um, and there are a lot of rappers out there who are starting to get more educated about it financially. Like Money Man uh, has been in a, in the social media cycle news cycle recently just because he uh got his advance from Epic in all Bitcoin. And it was I just don't like the way it's only being preached. I mean, maybe it's not. I mean, I'm sure white people get it a lot too, but it just seems like they're shoving it down black people's throat. Like, I think it, I think it's a I think it's a, a conversation amongst us. Like I hear a lot of black people. Uh, that's my problem. Shout out J Fab. J Fab is one of those people who I always hear talk about the importance of Bitcoin on a uh, black on purpose. But I also think that the way things work in America is we're usually late to the party. And uh, I, I I remember having a conversation with somebody when we were all at Flywheel. And one of the tech guys there was saying, this is like, this was like three or four years ago. He was saying like two years before Bitcoin became something that everybody was into, like a friend of mine, like offered me something like $300 in Bitcoin and I didn't take it. And like a year later, he quit Flywheel and moved to like the Maldives or some shit. Heaven. Yeah, this nigga moved to space. This <laughs> <laughs> nigga's on Mars. <laughs> he copped a giraffe and never came back. This <laughs> <laughs> nigga playing tennis with Arthur Ashe on the moon right now, B. <laughs> Word to my mother. I think this shit is just another, uh, it's, a, it's a function of the tech boom. And, you know, there's a boom coming. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It comes That's the boom. RPX, yeah. nigga. Mm -hmm. I think we're in the, like the, 
bash Jeeves part of it. It's like, nigga, all right, nigga. Keep trying this shit. But, uh, but you know, that's just my take. Um, you can talk about the hurt shit if you want. Uh, nah. okay. All right, so um, in this uh, segment of America trying to fuck black people over, uh, I don't even know. Most of the people that they interviewed in this uh, news article I saw on MSNBC was black. Um, but apparently Hertz Rental Company has uh, uh, a class action suit against them for I don't know how much, but it's got to be a lot because it's 165 cases Shit. of uh, their cars being reported as stolen when they've actually rented them out to patrons. And uh, one of the interview, uh, one of the couples that was interviewed said the guy had been using a, a truck um, for his contracting business and he would just extend the rental. Like he would call in and extend the rental, call in and extend the rental. And it was like three weeks out or excuse me, three months out. And, uh, they had taken the money out of his account, uh, thousands of dollars or something like $2,300. And, um, yeah, he still got pulled over at gunpoint and they told him the scenario. Like, like yeah, this car was reported stolen three months ago. And he's like, well, I have the receipt in my pocket. Like, I can show you where it says that I purchased this car or purchased this rental from Hertz. And uh, Hertz is claiming that most of these cars were rented and kept without any communication from the actual person who rented it, which I think is ridiculous. Like, Not that many times. Yeah, not that, not 165 times. Mm. And then uh, that the cases that they do have that, um, are actually being taken to court should be thrown out with prejudice according to the company. Um, it's interesting uh, because you think about the... Uh, I remember one of the things that you used to talk about in Atlanta were those hood leases where niggas would, would rent Ferraris and you go to like the club and you see a nigga pull up in a Ferrari and then if you was one of those niggas that stayed till the club ended, like every once in a while, that nigga in the Ferrari would come outside and the shit would be gone. And it would be because one of these niggas who... Bought a Ferrari or a Lambo, rented it out to one of these drug dealers in the hood who wanted to flex, and they just keep a low jack in it. And I think about, like, it does seem like if a company like Hertz is a million-dollar company, like, you should have some sort of system in place where you can keep track of your vehicles. If a, if a nigga from, from East Atlanta can put a low jack in a glove box of a Ferrari and and go get it and pick it up. Why can't you go get your car back? Like, and why do you have? Why are you just reporting these cars stolen and not doing any follow up information to the point where you're getting the people who who've actually purchased the rentals getting pulled over by, by the police at gunpoint? Like, it just seems like big corporations just scamming in order to double their money. I don't even know how they. Like, I guess they get their money like back from the car is insurance because let's say the car is reported stolen and the police pull it over. Like, maybe they write it off. Like, it's a tax write-off, but... I don't, I don't know. I think it might just be, like, sh shitty employees and sloppy paperwork, you know? 165, though? Yeah. I mean, a lot of niggas be shitty. Right. A lot of niggas be bad at their job, you right. know what I mean? And I do, could think it just maybe be, like, some full, poor function with... Because I look at all the, like, things that go wrong with the companies I work for. It's like, man, ain't nobody addressed this shit yet? Yeah. You know what I mean? And this shit just, just goes unchecked. I'm like, I think I'm like, man, oh, well, you know what I mean? Because I tend to just shrug shit off. Like, mm, ain't my company. 
So yeah, I, I do think all the time at work. <laughs> so I do think sometimes like this shit ain't don't belong to us. Yeah, yeah, I don't give a fuck what happens. It's here, white so. man responsibility. Yeah, at the end yeah. Of the day. <laughs> so like <laughs> <laughs> y'all fucked up, nigga. <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, man. I I don't know, but you know, you can't put nothing past a big company. I never say a big company isn't racist because that would be ridiculous. It sounds just wild to just completely disregard the fact that. You hold some responsibility in this matter. Like yeah. If you reported the car stolen and it wasn't stolen. You I think once the class action lawsuit, you only you only have two choices. Maybe it's so many people. It's like, well, we kind of got to fight this shit at this point. Yeah. You know, we can't even be like honest and say like, uh-uh. I don't know. We don't be on our shit. We should be better. <laughs> hey, man. Like, then they got to pay. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Uh, on that note, we're getting what we've been watching and listening to after the break. All right, man. The last hurrah. Mm. Final frontier. We're back once again. This was episode 87. We're about to get into what we've been watching and listening to, man. Uh, for me, what have I been fucking with? Oh, yeah. Shout out Mark Homie. I was just talking about that. Mark mm. Homie's album, Balance Cho. I don't know how to say it, but shout out to Mark Homie. I thought it was really dope. Um, shout out Russ, man. Chomp too, man. Kind of fucking with it, man. It's super rapidy rap, but uh, he's got features from Jay Electronica, Big Crit, Wale, Joey Badass. Production from Alchemist. Production from Alchemist, uh, DJ Premier. Mm. Mm, super rapidy rap. Yeah, all all that shit. So if you're into that, uh, Jada's like, Jada Kiss is actually on there too. Uh, West Side Gun. A lot of dope joints. Uh, I like that joint you sent me, man. Shout out to Arlo Parks. Um, Hope worked with that. It was uplifting and shit. Mm. Not really. It's kind of sad, but I like sad, uplifting shit. Um, I listened to Rick Ross, Richer Than I Ever Been. I didn't particularly enjoy this album. But I the, still haven't listened to it yet. The title track, Richer Than I Ever Been, is really dope. So uh, shout out to uh, Ricky Rose. Um, Yo, shout out uh, Black Metaphor. Black Metaphor got a lot of production on there. Yeah, yeah, shout out Black Metaphor. Um, as far as the podcast front, um, No Chill with Gil. Um, just listen to this this morning. Oh, he did an Unwritten Rules about basketball. Just little nuggets you don't hear from the analysts on TV. Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast, as always. Um, sports and crime. I've been diving into this shit a lot. I listened to the Mookie Blaylock episode. Um, Mookie Blaylock, yo, fuck. Do you know the Mookie Blaylock story? I'm excited, bruh. Yeah. I know, I know. I remember as a kid, I remember going. My mom worked at the CNN Center, and I remember going to the Hawks open house, and uh, like they had time slots for all of the people you can get autographs for. Yeah. And I remember waiting in line at about like twelve, twelve thirty for Mookie Blaylock, like being panicked because I'm like, man, this line is so fucking long. I'm not going to get there in time, like, thinking he'll probably leave early. I get up to the front. It's like Tony Kukoc and, and uh, John Concac or some shit like that. It wasn't, it wasn't Tony Kukoc. It was John Concac and, like, one of the assistant coaches or somebody else. Uh, but nobody. And, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, I thought Mookie, Mookie Blaylock was supposed to be here. I was like, yeah, he didn't even show up. Yeah. <laughs> Ta-da. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so yeah. yeah, Mookie Blaylock has been infamous for, for being one of them ones. Man. Man, he's 
he's one of the ones beyond. Yeah, man. Dude, because you don't even hear shit about Mookie Blaylock, and he was the point guard when we moved to Atlanta. He was the point guard. Yeah, he to he, be point guards. He got a few bodies. That's uh, fine. Yeah, it's like Mookie got a crazy story. I yeah, bet. Uh, and I also listened to the uh, the Derek Coleman episode. It's called "Just One Big Understanding." Let me see what the Mookie Blaylock train was. Also, uh, just put it in the bucket, the bigness of Oliver Miller. And I don't know if anybody remembers Oliver Miller uh, in the 90s. He was, like, one of the fattest NBA players, like, <laughs> ever. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, so, you want to hear some wild shit? What? You know what I was looking up today? Um, Connor Williams. Connor Williams is a basketball player for St. John Fisher, uh, a college in Rochester, New oh, York. Oh, I just saw a dude this my, morning. My mom used to work at St. John Fisher. Oh, and so, like, as a kid, crazy. I used to run around St. John Fisher all the time. Like, Damn. Yeah, dude got that wetter, bro. He got yeah. that crazy shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out Connor Williams. Yeah, dude. that dude's fatter than Big O. Maybe in the same so size. He's like 366, maybe. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, also listened to the Quincy Carter episode, A-Town shit. Um, he went to Southwest Cap High School. Eastside. Yo, yo, yo. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, Pouring Champagne on the Fire, episode 201. Uh, the Stevie uh, Francis episode was really dope. Episode 195 is the Mookie Blaylock episode. When sad, would sad become stupid? Send me that. Yeah. Do that right now. But uh, other than that, uh, what I've been watching? Um, shit. What the fuck? Have I, oh, I watched the new Venom movie. How'd you feel? Yeah, it was fine. I mean, people didn't like the uh, first one, and I thought that one was fine, too. I mean, it's fine. It's not nothing particularly good a, or bad. It was bad. a cool watch, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's something I would watch at home. Like, I w I'm glad I didn't like it. Best. It's surprising how much shit is filmed in Atlanta. Like, Oh, that was? I didn't Nigga, that cor the, the Asian lady? This corner store oh. where? Right over there. It's, J it's right over. It's J&S Corner Store right That's over there crazy. by Kenzie. That's like, crazy. You know what else? Speaking uh. of what I've been watching, Hawkeye. Film right over there on the other end of Broad Street. Um, like the Hawkeye, uh, her apartment is Rose's Pizza. Like that's, that's upstairs crazy. of Rose's Pizza. Oh, so when they burn that shit down? Yeah, Damn. when she got into the fight with the with the uh, the, the, with the, the tracksuit track mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was all over there between uh, between where Mini Choo Choo's used to be mm. and uh, and the Marta Station. Now I gotta watch that shit again. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was talking about. Uh, Venom. Venom, yeah, yeah. Venom was solid. Uh, I watched the new Tiger King, uh, the Doc Antler story. Uh, or Doc Antle, I'm sorry. Yeah, I fuck, uh, I fuck with Doc Antle well before Tiger King. It, it, that shit is dark. So don't fuck with that guy. No, uh, I don't fuck with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but his IG was interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Doc yeah. Antle Reserve. Um, I also watched uh, some of Freddie, Freddie Mercury, the final act. Uh, you know, I didn't really know much about Freddie Mercury in it, but, uh, yeah, I watched the Queen uh, movie not too long ago. I've been meaning to get to that. I it's always try to bad. watch the documentary first so I can try to like sift, just you know, sift between like fact and uh, fiction. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think that's about it. I thought I watched something else. Oh, uh, we'll talk about that next next podcast. I guess that's it. Bet. Yeah. Podcast. Um, I'll start with the most ab abstract. Uh. I listened to a podcast uh, called Behind the Wall with Tax Tone. Um, there's a part one and two. It's with the town. Um, it's kind of a, of a continuation of the Tax Season podcast. Um, 
it was just cool. I was being nosy, just trying to see what uh what type of media they had out on them. Because if there was anything, I figured that YouTube would have it. And it was a pretty good listen, man. He just talked about the inner workings of uh, jail since COVID. Um, as as much as I hate to say it, man, this nigga just sounds like like he's settled. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know he's still fighting his case, but like, why are you there? And what else would you be other than settled if you got to be there? Like, um. But I hate to see one thing that I have I struggle with with a lot of people who get locked up is their comfortability with being locked up. Like that shit always makes me feel like because if I was sitting there talking to anybody like nigga, write letters, do whatever y'all got to do, nigga, send me a cake with a file in it, please, nigga, help. <laughs> but he was just talking like he was talking to his partner on the phone, you know, <laughs> like jail is high school. Um, but yeah, free tax man, shout out him. Uh, what else did I listen to as far as podcasts are concerned? Uh, the dollop John Sutter, um, uh, episode five ten. Um, tangentially think speaking. Excuse me, tangentially speaking. I'm I'm never gonna get this name right. Yeah, like, this name, <laughs> uh, this right. Uh, the just Justin uh Kalashewski Kalashevsky. All these names uh, Episode Outlaw Yogi I think I might have Talked about this last time But um, I did go back to it Just to listen to that Last part That uh, Him talking about OCD And how he manages it um, In the Dallas Hartwig episode um, He's a sports nutritionist um, He just talked about A bunch of uh, Shit that pertains To his field And the ideas That come with uh, Sports medicine Um I listened to Duncan Trussell Family Hour, Adia Rodriguez, um, Brilliant Idiots. I do, I do, I do, I do. They talked about a lot of the same shit we talked about um, on this episode. Black on Purpose, uh, the most recent episode was It Don't Move. Um, solid pod from the guys. Um, Shout out to them. As far as music is concerned, uh, start with rap. Elephant in the Room, Mick Jenkins. Um, also, Mike Hami, Balance Cho. Uh, I went back and listened to uh, Certified Lover Boy. I am Y2 with Kid Cudi Ghost. Yeah, um, I fucked with that, man. I thought I was, man, yeah. <laughs> ghost, nigga. I, saw, I heard it live when I watched the- uh, I haven't watched that yet. Kanye we should have talked about that. Yeah. Damn. We, oh, we still got time. Uh, nah, nah, fuck it. The Kanye Drake shit was cool, man. <laughs> um, I definitely think that that it was interesting hearing them perform each other's songs because like, they're such polarizing artists, uh, especially when you think about live music um, before- like live music played by DJs, like going to a club and hearing DJs play like the top 100 or hip hop top 10. Like these songs kind of blend together. So if you hear the beat and you hear an artist singing it, like you kind of don't realize who it is. At least I didn't. Like I didn't realize it was trading off songs until it got to a certain point where like uh, Drake was singing 24 hours. Like, and it was dope because you got to see how how this may not have just been a ploy for attention. Like they actually had to sit down in a room and talk this shit out in order to get some of these plays to look a certain kind of way. Um, like Kanye did, I better find your love. 
uh, by Drake, um, which I forgot was one of the songs he produced, um, which is also yeah. kind of one of those things that uh, that also let me know that these people have a deeper relationship than we probably see from the outside and just the beef. But um, yeah, Certified Lover Boy, I Am Y Two, um, the house is burning for the homies or homies beg, pardon me. Um, which is the Isaiah Rashad album with the remixes on it. Deep Blue is really cool with Young Nutty. Um, Jordan Favors, R.P. Young, featuring Three Six Mafia, essentially. Uh, way bigger, Don Tolliver. Um, Space, Mystery Palace. Shout out, uh, Mystery Palace. Oh, shout out to the boys. Yeah, I was uh, just in the studio uh, with Joe last night. Um, Salt, Miracles Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the artist Shooter McShooter uh, I had no. never listened to his project Um, But Shooter McShooter It's on um, Lavish featuring Pharrell Williams by Twista um, Hey Angelic Hoodrat uh, Kenny Mason Um, And then I went on this deep dive uh, Shout out to you uh, for putting me on Hitmonkey uh, no, you fucking with it? Yeah, Hit Monkey's hard. Yeah. Um, I watched Hit Monkey, and there was a song at the end of it by this group called. Uh, give me a second. Kikaga Gaku Moyo, Kikaga Kaku Moyo, Moyo. Pardon me, but it's some Japanese jazz band, and. Uh, they had a song on the end of the one of the episodes that, like I I I seried and uh, ended up going on this tangent of other artists that were similar, and um, I came up with all this music that I had never heard before, but I'm like deeply enthralled with now. Uh, one of which is Hometown, but it's a group called Witch. Uh, it's a it's a um, you be on that uh, spiritual. Uh I mean, psychedelic uh, rock shit. Kind of, bro. This is a uh, this is actually metal. This is a black metal band by the name of Witch from like Vermont, Massachusetts. They had a song called Hometown on the album Introduction. I'm gonna send it to you. Um, I, I thought you it. sent me that. I might have sent it. Yeah. Um, I thought or, one of them was an African joint, an African band. I thought you sent me a '70s African band too, because I yeah, remember I looking have. at one of them. But maybe I'm tripping. But, um, the other uh. The other joint that I've been listening to heavily um, is, uh, what is it? Oh, fuck. I got to find it. Because uh, I was just listening to it recently, and I wanted to talk about it. Oh, Mihan Street Band. Uh, or uh, Menahan Street Band. I want to say that uh, me and Joe were having a conversation about this uh, the last time I was over here. And I was telling him about, like, Budos Band and all those bands that they play music that we might figure, like, that we'd listen to and be like, damn, when was this made? And you look at it and think it's about, like, maybe the 60s, 70s, and it's, like, 2018. But uh, uh, the Menahan Street Band made this. Remember this? Oh, yeah. This shit is, like, 2018. <laughs> damn, that's 2018? I want to say, when did this album come out? Uh, I thought this shit was made in, like, the 70s. Nah, that's crazy. That's, that's what's wild. Like I looked at it, I was like, "Damn, these niggas made this song in like." Let's see when the album came out. Two thousand eight. I'm sorry, ten years off. Um, Highway Hustle, 
Tommy Guerrero, Take My Time, Skin Shape. Uh, what else? What else? Um, I'll probably just drop another Hughes soon, like a Hughes from Monday Blues, but a lot of the shit I've been listening to really ain't been rap. Caravan by Bobby Wide. So Good to Be Alive by The Truettes. Mm, that's my joint. Um, St. Elmo's Fire, Michael Franks. Got to get along. Third World, Is That Enough? Marvin Gaye. Um, my music, Samuel Jonathan Johnson and uh, Miracles by Jefferson Starship. Um, what else? Uh, Sunrise, The Originals. Um, I Got Over Love, Major Harris, Imaginary Players, Renee and Angela, Ecstasy, Ohio Players. Imaginary Playmates, pardon me, Renee and Angela, and uh, Ecstasy, Ohio Players. What I've been watching, um, I, like I said, I watched the Kanye uh, Drake concert. Um, I've been watching a lot of uh, old tattoo age. Uh, Vice did a, a collaboration with New Era um, where they started sitting down with all these tattoo artists. One of the people they sat down with was Ed Hardy. And uh, Ed Hardy has a really interesting story. If you've never really dug deep into like who Ed Hardy is as an individual. Um, like it was funny watching it cause there's a part in there where he was like, yeah, I knew I wanted to tattoo since I was like in fifth grade. And it's like all these pictures of him and his friends and like with their shirts off with all these tattoos <laughs> that he had drawn on them Didn't in his, in his parents' garage. Wasn't and, he racist or some shit though? Uh, possibly. I mean, maybe. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was oh, white thinking, during the fifties. My bad. I'm thinking of Von Dutch, man. My bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's Von Dutch. Yeah, 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 yeah. something else. I mean, this I, is not not really, but it's the same shit. But go on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, he's got a really interesting story. What's funny is like when I watched it, when we watched the Von Dutch documentary, I was like, bro, I've seen this already, and I was thinking, no, no, no this Ed Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, I'm glad you reminded me. I finally watched the American Apparel uh, documentary. There's an American Apparel documentary? I thought you the one sent it to me. What? Wasn't you the one sent it to me? You no. did send it to me. You probably just forgot you watched it, bro. It's like 10 minutes. It's like shorts. It's a Vice documentary. Oh, it may be it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was yeah, a wild least, boy, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, wild. They talked yeah. about how like a lot of the people that he had working for them was like pretty much a downtown L.A. sweatshop. Yeah. And there have been stories about... But they were saying they were paying fair wages and shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. of course they're going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, at the end, like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to ruin it for people. But at the end, he, he like, all the Mexican people, like, they put their money together and they helped him start a new company. Yeah. Like... You know, so I, I give. I mean, it was it was it was an interesting watch because uh, he actually has a, a new company called L.A. Apparel right now. Mm. Um, Shout out to him. Yeah, four people died during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> but on that note, I don't know if you got anything else, man. Oh, uh, uh, what else did I watch? It was something <laughs> else that I watched uh, that I wanted to talk about. Fuck! Now that we're here, I can't remember. Um, fuck it. Uh, wash never washed up. Yeah, um, wash never washed up. Yeah, I'm Sean Luke Picard, and I am Drive. Yeah, man, like, subscribe, share. Appreciate y'all boys rocking with us. Uh, Taji, man, we'll see you soon. Yeah. Uh, love you, brother. Love you, bro. Um, and uh, yeah, man, y'all stay black. Yep, yep, yep.